This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 67, with Mr. Lewis Howes. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we're bringing you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Shop Talk Radio. This is a special episode because it is the first returning guest, and his name is Mr. Lewis Howes. And Lewis is a very good friend of mine and has been very inspirational and influential in my life. And he's actually the one that inspired me to start this podcast. So I wanted to have him on for a second time, namely because he is releasing his new book, The School of Greatness, this week, today, Tuesday, October 27th, and I wanted to let you guys know about it, and it's all about creating greatness in your life and your business, and this is a great book for everyone, especially creative entrepreneurs, because the internal game and the left side of the brain, the business side, is something that I struggle with, and I'm probably sure a lot of other artists struggle with. And I wanted to shed light on this book because Lewis is a lifestyle entrepreneur and he has built a huge business and a brand around finding out what makes people great. And this book distills all those factors from some of the top players in the world. In this episode, we cover mostly topics in the book and also why photography is important to building a personal brand. So if you want to hear Lewis's full story, check out shoptalkradio.com slash EP6, and we go much deeper into how he became to where he is now. So with that, I give you the one, the only, Mr. Lewis Howes. What is up, everyone? We've got the first returning guest on shop talk radio yeah mr lewis house what's up brother what up what up i'm excited to have you on i'm excited to talk about your book and excited to have you on for the second time and you know what i i'm excited because you're the one that actually inspired me to do my own podcast and here we are 67 episodes later Wow, man. When did you start? Like two years ago, a year and a half ago? Ah, a year and a half ago. I think it was um, February, March of last year. So. Wow. And how's it been? Do you feel like it's been a beneficial to you or do you feel like it's been a grind and hard or do you, have you gotten business from it and new relationships? Absolutely. It's been, it's been a really great platform to a push myself out of my comfort zone and, and learn, but also connect with people that I admire. And, and, you know, it's funny cause I actually love listening to my own podcast, a to like learn more <laughs> about myself and like how I'm doing, but also like the guests that I have on are so interesting and it's, I like to go back and actually digest what they're saying. So that's cool. Yeah. I feel like I want to do more of that. Part of me is nervous to like listen to my own episodes so I don't go back and listen to too many because <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, did I do a good job or how do I sound? But um, other part of me is like, man, there's so many great people that I have on. You know, I do three a week. So for me, I do a lot more than you. And it's it's, it's hard to just go back and listen to every one of them because <laughs> I'm just going because I'm creating so much at the same time. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love your podcast. It's it's so inspiring to me. And I, I listen to it all the time. 
Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. And your book. Oh, if you want to go listen to the one we did previously on Lewis's story and, and backstory, it's choptalkradio.com slash EP6. And now we're going to talk about more of the book. And this is also an actually interesting thing to talk about because I shot your book cover. Did you shot the book cover and the uh, the bio, the author photo in the back as well? I'm looking at it. I'm holding it right now, and it's, it says "Jacket Photos" by Nick Onkin. I love it. I yeah. love it. And, and all of your and all of your images are like in Men's Health magazine right now and Prevention magazine because I use your photos for all my press and People.com used your photos and all these different things. So cool. So cool. Yeah. I, w- I want to hear from your perspective. What what was it like shooting the book cover? on that shoot with me. I mean, <laughs> it was awesome, man. I mean, I, I remember when I decided that I was going to do my, my, the photo of me on the cover, uh, Adam Braun, our mutual friend who introduced us said, you got to put your face on the cover where I was originally like, ah, I don't know if I want to, I want it to be more, I don't know, classic looking and just simple, uh, with just text and a simple design. But he was like, you've got to put your photo on there. It's a game changer because people will, recognize you much more when you're walking down the street or it just adds a lot more credibility to you when they see you on a cover of a book and then they see you in real life. But when you think of the bigger authors like a Malcolm Gladwell, who is a huge author, you may not know what he looks like unless you follow him online or something. If he walked by you on the street, you wouldn't know that was, that was him because he never puts his face on the books. So for me, it was important to have a quality photo and you're the person I trust the most to take my photo because we've probably done like 17 shoots now. <laughs> so I told my publisher, they were like, okay, we're going to hire a photographer, this and that. And I said, the only person I'll do it with is if you hire Nick Onkin. And luckily, you did it for like super cheap for me because they like, you know, we're trying to sw- <laughs> swindle you down the price or something. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the nature of editorial photography. And I've, I've done a handful of book stuff before. And they never pay. They never pay yeah. that much. But, you know, it's it's more about the uh, the editorial side of it and the publicity side of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so hopefully hopefully this is a, a good, um, you know, portfolio piece for you, I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, this is, leads me to my next question is how, you know, we've done a lot of shoots together. And how has imagery of yourself boosted your the greatness of your brand? Dude, it's game changer. And this is one of the things that... I've always wanted to do was to have great photos and great design because when I look at other influencers or press or, or celebrities in the press or things like that, the ones that have the great design and great branding and great photos are the ones to me that I'm most inspired by, the ones that look the most credible and the ones that I remember the most. So in my industry, there's a lot of people who don't update their site with good design. They're more marketing materials where it's just copy and, and, and simple design. And I wanted to really differentiate myself from not being positioned as an online marketer, but more as someone who's inspiring and an influential brand. And that's what I've been looking to build. And so for me, I see the value and importance of having high quality photos and constantly updating your photos because you know, I had a, for a while, I had like four that I used in everything and you just got to keep being fresh. And I think of like Usher, it's like he has a photographer at every one of his concerts where he's constantly got new content to share. It's not just one shot of him on stage that he uses for every post. 
it's a constant update of great value branded information. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's shown it's, it's definitely, your brand is very different from what I see out there, especially in, in your industry. And I actually love, you know, I think this is where you've began to separate from kind of the, the online marketing world into a whole different brand of, of greatness and, 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 you know, personal development and helping people actualize, you know, their, their greatness how has your definition of greatness evolved over the last couple of years? Cause I know you've evolved so much and it's been yeah. so cool to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I don't even remember what I thought like five years ago about greatness and success. <laughs> it was probably like, how can I make the most money and achieve the most awards and achievements and, and, and solidify those. I was very driven by achievements and making sure that I wasn't broke so that was where I was coming from probably like seven, eight years ago when I just got out of playing football and into the business world. And when I made a lot of money and was, was realizing that my health wasn't under control and I was, just wasn't really fulfilled after I started making a lot of money, I realized that I wasn't making the type of impact or living a life of service at the level I wanted to. It was just focusing on making money. So when I really started to do a lot more work and to self-discover over the last few years uh, in workshops that we've done together. I realized that, and also going through heartache and, and relationships and always being in this transition of self-discovery self, um, and awareness for, for what wasn't working for me and what I want in the future. I realized that greatness is more about discovering and cultivating our unique talents and gifts to pursue and live our dreams and then inspire the maximum amount of people in the world through those dreams. I love that. I love that. So has the definition of success changed to you then as well? You know, success for me is kind of like, that's, that's also the definition of success for me. It's, mm. it's cultivating and uh, our, our unique talents and gifts to live our dreams all, at every stage of our life. Our dreams are going to shift and change and evolve but always going after our dreams and then making the biggest impact on people around those dreams. I think success also is, I think about money as well with success. It's like learning to live your dreams and make a full-time income while living your dreams and impacting others around you. For me, that's, that's success. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I think over the last couple of years, and, and this is something that I, where I've seen you grow a lot is, you know, you're doing really big things, you're crushing it, but you're also become so much more uh, connected with, with people and so much more grounded. Cause so many times I see a lot of these like internet marketing personalities become their egos get so big and then it's really annoying when you interact with people. And, you know, that's the one thing I appreciate about you is that you're, you're very humble and grounded and how, what kind of work have you done to kind of be conscious of that space? Uh, I mean, a lot of the emotional intelligence work that we've done that I'm sure you've talked about in your podcast, that's been a big one. Having coaches that I constantly work with keep me really grounded and humble and give me feedback. I also think this may be like counterintuitive, but I also think just going after things in a major big way putting myself out there on the line and seeing that not everything I do works the level I want it to do is grounds me, keeps me humble, keeps me, you know, 
constantly looking to see how I can improve and where my shortcomings are and where I'm vulnerable. And, and I'm able to own up to those things. I think it's because mm-hmm. I'm able to say, okay, this didn't work and here's where my fears are, but I want to go do it anyways and try again. I think that's what supports that. Oh man, that's great. All right. So the book, greatnessbook.com is where you, yes. where you can find all the information about it. Yes. And so let's, where, where did the book inspiration, the, the concept come from? <laughs> Well, eight years ago, I had a dream. Almost eight years ago. It was Christmas of 2007, going into 2008. I, I got a gift from my brother. It was the only present I got the, the whole Christmas. And he handed me the gift. He didn't even wrap it. He just said, here you go, bro. And it was a book. And I was like, this has got to be the worst Christmas gift you can give a dyslexic kid who can't read. Uh, but he gave me a book. <laughs> and I was like, where's like the money or like something cool, you know? But... This book actually was the catalyst for everything I've done over the last eight years. Mm. And the book was called The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And after I closed it, I finished it in three days. And when I closed it, I was blown away about what was possible in the world. I had never known that you could build a business like that uh, around your lifestyle and working only a few hours a week. I didn't know that was possible. Um, because all I could thought about was playing sports before that. So after I read this book, I closed the book and I said to myself, one day, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to become really good friends with Tim Ferriss, the guy who wrote this book. And it was a number one New York Times bestseller. He was like a big celebrity at the time with the launch. Mm. And uh, he was just everywhere. He sold, you know, a couple million copies of his book. So I'm going to become really good friends with this guy somehow. Whoever his agent is, is going to be my agent. And... I'm going to write a book that inspires possibilities in the minds of millions of people the way this book just did for me and how it came to me in the perfect time of my life. I want to create something that does the same for other people. I didn't know when I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that I had a lot of work to do to become the, the, the human I needed to be that had the results, that had the relationships, that had the you know, success to back up the things that I knew from the sports world and also have more credibility so that I could get the message out there. And um, when I launched the School of Greatness podcast a few years ago, that was really the seed that was started to, to grow uh, from the catalyst eight years ago. It really started to grow because I was like doing something that I believed in so much mm. and, and so many people were inspired by and loved to share and, and were you know, transforming their lives from the podcast that I was doing with the guest I was having on. I said, this is really the book that I want to write about is how to step into your greatest self in all areas of life. And, um, and that's how it began. That's awesome. I love that. And that actually the four hour work week is the book that inspired my life as well. And really, yeah. In terms of creating what I wanted in my life. And oh. it's been huge. That's, that's how I've gotten to where I've gotten in my life was kind of inspired by that book as well. So amazing. I hear that. Awesome. Now let's, let's cover a few topics. I just kind of like a lightly touch on a couple few topics so people can get an idea of what the book is about because they can, so they can go pick it up and the book comes out on Tuesday. Yes. October 27th. It'll be in Barnes and Noble, every store in the country in the United States. So you can pick it up there or on Amazon online. 
I love it. And for those of you guys listening, I definitely recommend this book because it's all about creating greatness in your life and how it pertains to you and the things that you can do uh, to actualize that. So the first thing you, one of the f- first things you talk about is creating your vision. What is the idea of creating your vision? What, what kind of a vision can you create? You know, vision is the foundation of everything I do. And for me, I got a lot of people that listen to the podcast that say, I don't know what my dream is. I don't know what I want. I don't know what my vision is. And you're going to get exactly those results until you know. So you don't need to know what your vision is, but you're probably not going to achieve great things in your life or get exactly what you want until you're very clear on how you want your life to look from the relationship you're in to the the business you want to how much money you want to make every year to how your health is. If you're not so clear and writing down what it is that vision is and being committed to it every single day, it's going to be hard to achieve that. You're not just going to make a million dollars if that's not something you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you just like show up and say, I hope to make some money. Well, that's very unclear. And so you're going to get very unclear results. But when you are, <laughs> when you are focused, like, okay, this year I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I want to start a new business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars in sales. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's my vision. Now we have a place to work from. And now we have a place that we can start building some action steps towards making that result a reality. Uh, the challenge is most people are like, well, I don't know the type of relationship I want to be in, or I don't know uh, what type of job I want, or I don't know what, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And you got to get clear on that. You got to get clear on what it is you want. You know, we've done many exercises on getting clear on what we want mm-hmm. in the past, Nick, so you understand the power of this. But when we show up and just accept our lives with what's handed to us, as opposed to leading our lives, uh, we're going to get much different results. And so the first thing is I want everyone listening is to write down a clear vision of what they want to create in their lives in the next six to 12 months. And you can write us down for the thing that's maybe frustrating you the most right now. Maybe you're, you're a woman who is sick of like going on dates with these dumb guys and you're, you really want to be in a relationship, then you got to write down exactly the type of relationship you want to have by when uh, and the qualities of the person in that relationship. And you got to be very vivid in your description and writing it down. And then you got to stay committed to that vision. So if you write down, I want a guy who is a gentleman and who's all these things, but then some guy asks you out and he's an asshole and you end up going out with him, or he's a jerk and you end up going out with him, then you're not staying committed to your vision mm. and you're just doing something because it's fun or whatever, because someone's, you know, reaching out and then asking you out. So you, you got to figure out, okay, what are my guidelines? Your vision is the guideline mm. by writing it down. You can make a decision every single day. If it's either going to support or serve the vision or if it's going to harm the vision or not support it. And then it's your choice every day to make those decisions based on exactly what you want. Absolutely. And this goes for creative projects too. And, and the, yeah. the, the creatives out there that are listening, you know, write down what you want, uh, what jobs you want to be doing. And, you know, sometimes it's going to take a while, sometimes it won't, but you have to be committed to heading in that direction. Exactly. So I love that, Lewis. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, what's the definition of a champion's mindset? For me, this is belief. This is the the hours, the time, the results, over time, the momentum you've built to 
say, okay, I've got the skills, you know, you've been doing photography for five or 10 years now, you've got the skills, you've gotten some bigger clients, you've gotten some big jobs, you've gotten some press, you've been featured on the cover of magazines, or you've gotten some cool things. And now you've built this momentum around your skills. And that creates more belief in yourself. You know, the greatest athletes in the world have this unwavering belief that they can win, mm. that they will win. And the difference between the first place and the second place is usually belief. The talent is about the same. They've worked the same amount of hours. They've got the same set of skills. It's who believes in themselves when all the doubt and all the fear and all the uncertainty creeps in. You know, when you get a new big job, Nick, if you don't have belief in yourself, you know, if, if Jay-Z hires you to, to do a full-day shoot with him or Barack Obama hires you to do a full-day shoot with him, if you didn't have belief in yourself and you were doubting yourself, the results would show because your energy would show up without this belief. And, you know, Obama is probably not going to feel comfortable with that. Mm. So when you go into a new situation and know, I have put in the time, I put in the energy, I've got the momentum. It's your job. You've got two people inside of you. And that's your best friend that is your cheerleader and your supporter or the critic that says, I'm not good enough. And we have a decision every single day and every single moment to decide which one of those is going to show up. Mm. Mm. And you've got to learn to train that cheerleader because it's really easy to doubt yourself at any moment. And if you do, then it's going to be hard to build that champion's mind. Absolutely. So how does one get past the fears and the uncertainty? You know, this is, this is time. This is, uh, this is a lot of practice. You know, this is something that even myself, I'm constantly, even though I've played sports at a high level, like I still will go on stage and I'm nervous and I'm worried and I'm, I'm scared of messing up and not doing a good job and, and performing bad. So uh, what I like to do is a grounding. I like to do a grounding in the mm -hmm. mornings. I like to meditate. I know you do this as well. Mm -hmm. And I also like to have a coach that I call, you know, 30 minutes before a big event to ground me and go through all my fears. Because mm -hmm. if I don't talk about it, if I just try to dismiss it, they're probably going to show up. But mm -hmm. if, if I embrace the fears and my concerns and the uncertainty and I talk about it, then I'm putting it out there like, okay, it's out there. I see it. This is here. And it's okay. And it's interesting. I heard a podcast with Elizabeth Gilbert uh, with my friend Rob Bell on his podcast talking about fear and how really we should be grateful for our fears because in a lot of the ways, the fears are what keeps us alive. The fears are what mm. keeps us from not going down that dark alley when we see some shady people there uh, and we don't get you know stabbed or mugged. The fears... Uh, hold us back from if we're up on a, a high building, we're, we're not going to jump off because we're afraid and kill ourselves. So it, it's, it saves our lives. It protects us in a lot of ways. Mm. But the fear also shows up in, in ways where it doesn't protect us. It holds us back. It makes us lose confidence. It makes us do stupid things as well. And it makes us not shine our light as bright as it could. Mm. So when, you're, when we're afraid, we need to evaluate and take a moment and say, okay, is this the type of fear that I need to be looking at and, and responding to by not taking action on this thing because maybe I'm going to get hurt in like a life-threatening way? Or 
is this fear, the fear that's not serving me? Is this just my ego that's going to be afraid if I look bad or if I mess up? Mm. And if that's the case, then you can just literally have a conversation with the fear, as weird as that may sound, and say, thank you for being here. I, I've, my body is trembling. I'm afraid you're, you're doing your job. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to let you know that I don't need you right now. I've got a big speech that I'm about to perform. And what I really need is to feel calm and to know that I'm here to be of service in this moment and not be afraid of how I look or if I mess up um, mm. because that's not what matters. What matters is giving my best and serving every person in this room or giving my best in this photo shoot and capturing the, the best possible photo that I can. And uh, your, your fear showing up is not going to serve me getting in that zone and in that flow. So thank you for being here. I acknowledge it and I'll let you go right now. So you can have a conversation with it. You can have a coach ground you. I have a coach walk me through and say, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then I'll walk through the conversation. I pee my pants or I, in front of 5,000 people, or I forget everything I'm going to say and I go blank on stage or the lights go out. And I keep saying all the things that could go wrong. And then he would say, okay, and then what would happen? Well, I pee my pants and... Uh, then I run off stage embarrassed because I can't believe I peed my pants. Okay, and then what would happen? Uh, well, then I would go back. I would change my clothes. I would probably cry. Um, I wouldn't want to see anyone for a few days because I couldn't believe how embarrassed I was. Okay, and then what would happen? Um, I don't know. I'd probably beat myself up for a while. I, I may not want to go on stage for a while. Um, you know, I would be terrified to look at what people post online. And we keep going, what would happen? What would happen? What would happen? The worst thing that would happen. At the end of the day, I'd say, well, you know, time would pass and I'd heal and I'd get back up on stage again and I'd be okay. Mm. And if we walk ourselves through these situations and we recognize them, I believe it allows us to be much more grounded in those moments when fear comes up. That's great. It's funny how uh, our world is all a mental game. It's all mental game. All mind mental gym. <laughs> Got to go to the mind gym. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So developing hustle is something you talk about in the book. And what's the first step to developing hustle? Do you think it's innate in, other, in most people? Or is it something that can be learned? Or a little bit of both? I think it can be definitely learned. I mean, the challenge is you got to have a clear vision of what you want. Without the vision, what's the point of hustling? Hustling mm -hmm. for what? So when we have a vision that inspires us and we're committed to, we're willing to do whatever it takes. If it doesn't inspire us enough, if our why isn't strong enough, then there's no anchor to why we would be willing to sacrifice anything because we would just much rather relax and have things handed to us. That's, that's easier. So you're probably not going to want to hustle. Or if you do hustle and you don't have a powerful vision, you're going to get burnt out very quickly like I have in the past and, and that's not going to serve you. Yeah. So when you have the vision and you start to develop the hustle, it's like this momentum builder that is just like a train that cannot be stopped. And it gets faster and faster because your commitment and the level of consistency of hustle over time, that compounding effect is really going to help you in a big way. But it's hard to hustle without the vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to know why you're doing it. Exactly. Love it. So moving on, how does, how does making your bed change your life? Here's the thing, man. I used to never make my bed for 
couple of decades until a few years ago I started making it. And I never saw the value of it. I never saw the importance of it. I think I always felt guilty that I didn't because my mom told me to, but I, I never, I was like, this doesn't matter. But in honesty, it matters a lot to me now. When I don't do it, I feel like a cluttered mind. I feel cluttered space. So, you know, my, my bed doesn't perfect every day, but I make it the best that I can every morning. Mm. And what it does is it gets me out of this lazy mindset that I just wake up and just leave things around, right? I put things in order. I put things in place. I clear and clean the space where I rest. And it does a couple of things. It clears my energy. It visually looks appeasing as opposed to a messy looking. Uh, so that creates a, a clear space in my mind. And it also builds momentum for the day. It creates an act of completion. And that act of completion mm. builds upon the next act. Okay, I made my bed, now let's go work out. And now that I've completed the second thing that's positive. Now what's the third thing that's positive I can complete? Okay, let me drink a green juice. There's a third thing that's positive that's building my self-esteem. You know, someone once told me, the best way to build self-esteem is to do things that esteem yourself. And I told you this the other day that I heard this recently. And if we just wake up and just start working on our business right away, how have we esteemed ourselves mm. and built our self-esteem? So it's important to take those first 30, 60, 90 minutes in the morning to build momentum on positive habits. I think that's what's going to set you up momentum on the rest of the day in your career, your creativity, your business, your relationships, as opposed to just waking up and reacting to the day, you're leading the way you want to live. Wow. I love that. So the creating the positive habits is huge. Yes. I 100% believe it is. Awesome. So well, that's a whole section of the book. There's many more sections in the book that are awesome. You guys got to go check it out greatnessbook.com it's coming out tuesday lewis is about ready to go off and and uh do his first book party book launch party tonight yes so exciting book party and, and then a six-week tour oh my god that's gonna be <laughs> that's that's gonna be crazy nuts it's gonna be crazy well lewis i acknowledge you for the difference that you're making in the world and and people's lives it's awesome to see I'm, I'm honored and grateful to be a part of your life. I know we've become good friends over the last few years and it's been, you've made a huge difference in my life. So I'm grateful for that. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. Greatnessbook.com. Go get it. And check it out. Go check get it, it out. so you can, go get it so you can frame Nick Onkin's photo or just put it up on your desk. You can see a photo of Nick Onkin that he's taken every day. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Lewis, for coming on. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Shop Talk Radio with Mr. Lewis Howes. I am your host, Nick Onkin. Check out Lewis's book at greatnessbook.com. There are links on that site of where to buy the book. Pick it up this week. I definitely recommend it. And Help us get him to a New York Times bestseller. Lewis is also having a party tonight, October 27th, Tuesday, in New York City, the day of the actual book release. So lewishouse.com slash NYC. Check it out. And you know what time it is. Time to go out and create something amazing and great this week. And with that, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.